Well, welcome to the Young Pro Show. Thanks for tuning in. It's your host, Dominic Fry. Glad to be back for another episode. Uh, glad to get back into the swing of things and get back to podcasting. As mentioned in the previous episode, took a little break, a little hiatus, um, but kind of had a reintroduction episode to what the podcast is for. You can go back and check that episode out if you are interested in that. Uh, for this episode, back to the basics, back to the meat and potatoes of the podcast. Um, and I have an awesome interview today. Uh, excited. This individual uh, was born and raised in Indiana. Um, I personally know them through a basketball camp that I met uh, in high school. It was a Lake James Christian Academy in Angola, Indiana. Um, and currently, we'll go through you know her whole um, career and where she's at and what she's doing now in life. But she currently works on cruises and has recently just become tick talk famous so you know that i'm excited to talk to her about that process uh so welcome my guest here is caitlin rawls caitlin how are you doing hi i'm doing well thank you so much for having me how's the quarantine and everything going for you so boring (laughs) it's uh definitely hard when you're used to life when you're always moving about to just kind of sit still but it's probably been good for me to just kind of refocus on what i'm doing with my life and try to you know get my goals in a line yeah, that's cool. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's definitely, you know, it's interesting. On one hand, I feel like the last two months have gone so slow. Then on the other hand, I also feel like it's crazy to think that's almost Memorial Day weekend and it's almost June as well. Oh, yeah, it's insane. Yeah. Awesome. So let's dive right into it. So let's go back to a young Caitlin. So you're 18 years old, you graduate high school, you know, at this point, what were your career goals? Like, what did you want to do? You know, what were you passionate about at that time? Oh, gosh, I think the problem with young Caitlin, she was lovely, but she wanted to do everything. Um, So I had a hard time just looking in one direction. And at that point, I was so focused on my sports on my basketball and my track and field, that that was like my main priority. So I, I remember, I mean, I wanted to go to school, But I really didn't care what I studied as long as I could play sports. And then I figured I would just one day figure out what I wanted to actually do with my life. And I didn't really ever figure it out. I declared my major my last year of college. And I ended up declaring communications because I just had no idea what I wanted to study. I loved a little bit of everything. I um, thought I was going to go into film editing. At one point, I thought I was going to be a chef. At one point, I thought I was going to continue my basketball career overseas. So I was kind of all over the place. (laughs) So you played basketball in college. Did you play volleyball as well? I did play volleyball. I actually okay. went to the school, and they needed a middle blocker, and the volleyball coach scouted me out of the hallways. And he's like, wow, you're 6'2". Have you ever played volleyball before? And I played a little bit when I was younger. So it was actually a really cool opportunity to get to see two sides of college sports. So you didn't play volleyball in high school? No, I didn't. Um, oh, wow. I got really serious about – I played my freshman year. But I got really serious about basketball, and I wanted to start playing basketball year-round. And so that made volleyball a little difficult as well, because where I'm from, volleyball is very competitive. So you basically either play year-round or you don't play. Wow. I did not quit. (laughs) (laughs) I did not know that you uh, only played volleyball. I guess I thought that you played volleyball and basketball in college, but I didn't realize it was just – in high school, it's just primarily basketball. Yeah, and and the crazy thing is, I thought I was going to go to college for track and field because I always loved basketball. It was my favorite <laughs> sport, but track and field was probably my most 
gifted sport. I don't I don't know if that's the word I want to say, but that's definitely the sport that came easiest to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good way to put it. Um, and so for three years of college, you just took just gen eds then, like without having a major? Yeah, more or less. Um, <laughs> I graduated in three years, so I just had those, actually those first two years of college where I not only had a whole bunch of credits from high school, I was really, I had a good high school. So I had some college credits going in. And then <laughs> I took a chunk of gen eds and then all of a sudden they're like, hey, you can graduate in one year if you declare communications. And I was like, well, I don't know what else I'm gonna declare. <laughs> so I changed a couple of classes and I took a pretty heavy load my third year. But I figured no matter what I did, communications could be a good backfall. And at that point, it was better than me going to school for another four or five years to study film when I didn't even know if that's still what I wanted to do. Hmm. So you yeah. mentioned earlier then, so once you graduated, you kind of found out like what you wanted to do. Was there a specific moment or what experience uh, led to you coming to that conclusion? Um, I think there were a couple because I'm still definitely at a point in my life where I'm like, I don't know what my definite end goal of like where I'm going to end up in life is. Um, but I'm definitely a lot more comfortable with where I am in this moment. But I actually, um, th throughout my whole college career, I went to a Christian school and there's all kinds of mission trips all the time. And I was never able to go on any of them because I always had sports. So I could never, I mean, I always had practices and tournaments. I couldn't actually sign up to go on a mission trip. So there was a mission trip leaving like literally the week after I would have graduated and it was going to Nepal. And frankly, I didn't even, I couldn't even point to Nepal on the map at that point. I knew it was in Asia, but that's like all I knew. I knew that I had Mount Everest, but that's, that was it, you know? Yeah. Um, so I really just signed up to go on this mission trip just because I really wanted to go on one with my university. Um, <laughs> probably for some of the wrong reasons. I just kind of wanted to travel a little bit as well. And I was supposed to only be in Nepal for like two weeks. And then I got to Nepal and I fell in love with the country and with the work they were doing. And I actually ended up staying three and a half months in Nepal. So I think that was like the big thing for me because right after college, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And then after spending three and a half months in Nepal, I was like, I can't, I can't ever get stuck behind a desk. How did, how does that work? How do you go over there for two? Like, you know, did you not have a plane ticket to come back or how did I, it like <laughs> extend for three and a half months? Oh my gosh, it was hectic, but I'm the CEO of making decisions on like a last minute and just trying to make it work. Uh, you caused me really, stress then. <laughs> I think I stressed my parents more than anything else because I called home and I was like, like, are you guys okay if I don't come home? You know, like, is that, is that chill? But I actually, um, I packed for the two weeks, but as far as like necessities went, I had those because I packed hiking boots and I had my chacos and <laughs> everything I needed for those two weeks. So after that, I really just, I ended up buying a tent in Nepal, a trekking backpack in Nepal, just because it's such a big uh, trekking touristic climate. I could get all my necessities there, like dirt cheap. And then the only thing was I needed enough money for food for the summer. Um, so I opened back up to donations. Some, some of the people that had donated to help me get over there. And like within a day, extra money came in that was going to cover me for the whole rest of the summer. So it was like kind of a couple of God signs of, yes, it's okay that you're staying. And then, yeah. And then I, I cost me like, I don't know, like $70 to change my flight ticket. I got really lucky. Oh wow! And then I had to, on top of everything, we had to go like back to 
um, get all my visas extended. And that was a painful <laughs> process. But it was just like one thing after the other. It just, it worked, it worked, it worked. So I was like, okay, I guess I'm staying. Yeah, that's definitely your sign from God then. If it just, you know, everything seemingly has just fallen into place. Yeah, so that's what I took it as. And I just graduated. So I didn't have a job back home lined up. And I didn't have any reason to really go back home. So I was like, huh. So you said that was with uh, your college, right, that you had the trip? Yeah, it was actually a, a group called uh, Discipleship Ministries. Okay. And they, it was with students from my college. There was six of us. I'm trying to think. There was a chunk of us at the beginning. And then there's also a chunk from some of the surrounding area schools. There's some, my sister went to a university called Johnson University. They had students from there go as well. And basically, we just spent the whole summer on our feet trekking um from village to village so it was awesome for me because not only did i get my my travel in but i also got to feel like it was a very purposeful summer if that makes sense we really got to know the people i tried to learn nepali i learned like two words it's a difficult <laughs> language <laughs> but it was so cool because i never had any inclination to ever visit asia and that just happened to be the trip that was happening and now i can't wait to go back to asia so how did it work? I'm still trying to wrap my mind around the logistics of this. Uh, <laughs> so you went over there with this ministry, uh, with this group from college. And were there other people that stayed the three and a half months? Or did literally, I guess it sounds like there were other people that stayed. So it's not like every yeah, single person yeah, yeah. left after two weeks and you were just by yourself in this foreign country for another three months. Yeah, there were three other students that had already like agreed to do this for like the three and a half months, the trekking. Gotcha. Um, and then I also kind of didn't know about it until I got there. And then I'm like, wait, you guys are staying? I don't want to <laughs> go. And then they ended up, one of the students that was supposed to stay had an emergency back home and had to leave. So I was able to fill their spot. Wow. Yeah. That is. So, I mean, there was definitely people there with me. I checked around with like four or five other students the whole summer, but it just wasn't supposed to be me. <laughs> okay. Okay. Th that's a little bit easier for me to wrap my mind around now. I was... <laughs> <laughs> On this time, that is awesome. So you said you taught, excuse me. You said you talked to your parents and stressed them out. So how did they like initially handle that? Or are they the only people that I guess you called to have that conversation with? Or yeah, they were the only people that I really called permission wise. As far as I mean, I'm still an adult. I can still make right. my own decisions. But I just have so much respect for my parents. And usually, if something is too crazy, they do try to talk me out of it. Right. <laughs> so. When I when I called, I mean, they were like a little worried. My mom's a little bit more of a worry than my dad was, but their response was kind of similar. As well, I mean, if you if you want to, I mean, if everything works out, then it's probably working out for a reason. So that was the call that I was like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna see what happens. And then when God closes the door, and my visa gets denied, or my plane ticket can't be rescheduled, or whatever it is, then I'll go home. That's awesome. So you said, so you were over there for three and a half months, and you said that, that was a very uh, eye-opening experience for you. You come back to the United States then, come back home, and what happened at that point then? Okay, um, this part of my life was so crazy. So <laughs> can I backtrack a little bit? Otherwise, it's not going to make sense. <laughs> this, part of, this part of your life was crazy, but the fact that you took a two-week trip to Nepal that turned into three and a half months was not crazy. I can't wait. Yeah, that wasn't the crazy part, no. <laughs> Yeah, sure. You can backtrack. Yes. Okay. So backtrack to when I'm still in college. It's my last semester. And we had our spring break. And our whole family booked a cruise, like a last minute, like dirt cheap cruise. We've never heard of this cruise line before. 
but we just, it was my like senior year spring break. So we wanted to celebrate as a family. Um, so we booked this cruise where I befriended a lot of the crew members. And then after that cruise was my decision of, yeah, I want to work on a cruise ship. I didn't know why. I just thought that it looked like they're traveling and learning languages and having so much fun. So I actually just bugged a lot of them and asked them all kinds of questions. And I was like, are you smiling because you have to smile or like, because you like your job? Huh. No. So I just asked them all kinds of questions and I actually applied to work on a cruise line because I don't know why, because again, that's kind of my thing. It's just making decisions because I thought it would be fun. And I figured if it's a bad decision, it's only a year of my life and I'm young and I'm in my twenties and maybe I can travel and make some friends. Um, and then I don't have to go back. But if it's a good decision, then we'll see what happens from there. So that happened the spring before I even graduated, before I went to Nepal. Okay. And then I got a call back for that job while I was in Kathmandu. Huh. So this company is out of Italy. So I had to do a Skype call on Nepali Kathmandu, really, really <laughs> awful Wi-Fi, to an office in Italy. So like I, I almost messed up all the times because I was trying to <laughs> – Mm. Nepal is nine hours and 45 minutes um, ahead of like where home was, but like Europe and Italy was like six hours ahead. So I was like trying to do all the math for all the times to make this Skype interview <laughs> on time. So I actually heard back from them while I was in Nepal that I had gotten the job. Um, so then as soon as I came home, I guess that was my next step. There wasn't so, so much waiting. I just kind of started changing gears and started thinking about what I would need for the ships. So, okay. yeah. so when you were in Nepal, that's Did I confuse you. you know, <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to make sure I lined everything up. So while you're in Nepal, that was when you had the interview and that's when they had offered you the job. So then when you came back to the U.S., you knew that you had that job, correct? Exactly. Exactly. And that was, I guess, so what? So it's May 2020 now. So when did you start working on the cruise line? It was January three years ago. It would have been so January. Paul, I graduated in 2017. It would have been January 2018. Okay. Is that right? Okay. Am I doing that math right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. So it's been a little over two years, about two and a half at this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how does that work? Uh, I guess you said initially that it was just going to be a year of your life. Is it like a year-long contract that you have to work on the cruise ship, or my contracts are actually uh, nine months plus or minus two. Um, so it, most of our contracts are seven, but theoretically, if they wanted to keep you longer, if they needed more employees, they could keep you all the way up to 11, okay. but it all depends on what you sign for. Gotcha. All of my contracts so far have been less than nine. Gotcha. So that's something that you can determine. Um, and how, I mean, so it's what, like a week long crew. So like every single week that the passengers are changing out, right? Um, yeah, it kind of depends on the itinerary because okay. actually my first contract, they were just longer cruises. So we had 11 day cruises and a lot of passengers booked back-to-back um, -back cruises. So we had passengers for like 22 days. Um, and then some cruises, one contract, they were like four day cruises. So they would change every four days. But yeah, a typical cruise, what you'd see more than anything else, it's like a week long. We'd hit like, if I was in the Caribbean, we'd hit Miami like every Sunday or Miami every Monday, whatever day was. Wow. Yeah. So and then we also have a really, really, really long cruises okay. where the ship moves to a new season. So some of the ships move back and forth between like the Caribbean and the Mediterranean. 
and we have passengers on board for those crossings. So we'll leave from Miami, hit New York, and then go all the way across to the Mediterranean. Wow. Um, yeah, it is a pretty long trip and a lot of traveling. So you said, I mean, obviously you enjoy it and you love doing what you're doing. Um, for the people that you said that you met and you had those relationships with while you were, I don't know, do you call them passengers? What do you, passengers? We call not. them guests. Guests. So when you Sometimes were the guest. I call them passengers when I'm mad at them. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we call them guests. So when you were the guest and you had relationships and formed friendships with the crew members, by any chance, like, do you work with any of them? Or actually, funny story. Um, one of the guys that basically talked me into working, his name is uh, Graham. He's from South Africa. Okay. He was one of like my go-to guys when I was when I was a guest, and I was like, um, but I don't know. He just had such a very good energy about him, so he attracted me a lot to the job. Okay. And he was probably the last one that was like, well, why not do it? And I was like, you're right. Why not do it? Hmm. And I've worked with him two contracts now, and he's easily like one of my best friends. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, and I plan on going to South Africa soon to visit him and his wife, Kelsey, and I just have a lot of friends in South Africa now that I never would have thought I would have. So, yeah, it doesn't always happen like that. Um, there are people, obviously, that when I was a passenger that I remember that don't even work for the company or don't even work in cruise ships anymore, but I got really lucky. I run into, like, four or five of them again, and I've become friends with them. And they all, I don't know if they're just being nice to me, but they all say they remember me when I was a guest. So, oh. yeah, sometimes I think they're just being nice to me because we meet like 5,000 people every week. But some people do stick out. So maybe, you know, I'm just extra special. Yeah. yeah well, and also, you know, if you made an effort, you know, to talk to them and find out more about them, like even the comment you made about, you know, are you guys like really smiling because you're happy or are you just smiling, <laughs> you know, because this is your job and that's what you have to do, you know? So right. I'm sure that probably left a lasting impression on them too because i mean you think about it how many people potentially ask them that they're really yeah. have, which is kind of a sad way to think about it but how many people have an interest in well i mean you know that now you're the crew worker how many people have an interest <laughs> in you and what you are doing as an individual versus i'm just here for a vacation and these people are here to serve me in a sense you know right i mean people like think we're happy and we genuinely are most of the time but they also forget we're like humans as well. So there are highs right. and lows with everything. So I don't think people would realize how well you can fake a smile to a degree mm. when you have to. Because we do work seven days a week for our whole contract. So we never have a day off. So if something happens oh. and you're just not if you're just not vibing one day or if you didn't get a lot of sleep the night before or you're feeling a little under the weather, not sick, but just a feeling right. a little off. We definitely have those faces practiced. And I think I saw something on TikTok actually about this, but because I guess I didn't know it. So seven days a week and you said you don't really get too much sleep, do you? No, um, <laughs> it's partially my fault as well. In general, though, crew members <laughs> work a lot. So whereas like in the American working day, we would cap out eight hours a day for like five days a week for a 40 hour work week. Right. On ships, I signed a contract for 11 hours a day, seven days a week. Sure. So potentially, I could work 77 hours a week. That doesn't usually happen, but if it's like a really busy week, and also depending on your manager, um, mm. some managers just work you a little bit more. Some managers um, work really hard to give you free time. It just it kind of just depends on a lot of things. But yeah, we do. I do work more on the ship than I ever would back home. 
but it just kind of becomes a lifestyle. You don't, you don't think of it as, oh my gosh, I'm always working. It's just kind of like you get up, you get coffee, you get, go to work. It's not like you have a family to go home to or a garden to tend right. or other responsibilities because <laughs> your work is your life. <laughs> garden to attend. I, I don't know. That's, my that's dad like a, a garden. That's a very adult thing to say. I'd be like, some of my friends that you know have are little more of an adult than myself, and they have houses or whatever, and they uh, like planting gardens, putting up fences, and right. You know, it's just I don't know. I just thought that was humorous. That was the first thing that came to your mind. Um, <laughs> so I mentioned TikTok a couple times now. So TikTok. Yeah. I mean, was that something when you when you first got the app? Was it something that you thought like, "Hey, I could you know create videos"? Um, you know, did you think of it like with the For your occupation sure, no. crude, or it was literally just, "Hey, it's something to do, watch videos, and it's funny people." Yeah, it literally just that's what I downloaded it. I downloaded it when I was, gosh, I don't know. I was just bored at home. I was in my vacation time, um, so I was just had a lot of free time on my hands, and. <laughs> just because enough people told me, oh, you should get TikTok. So eventually I downloaded it and watched and said I would like never post, which I'm sure that's how we all start with TikTok, right? Like I'm never gonna post. <laughs> and then <laughs> I started posting a couple of things and like, you know, it's just like my dad downloaded TikTok. So he, you know, loves all my videos. <laughs> and then I was so jealous. I specifically remember watching, I'm sure you've seen them because you're a big TikTok fanatic. But like the people from like Chick-fil-A or from Starbucks mm. or Dunkin' that are like Starbucks hacks or like what's it like working at Starbucks? What's it like working at Chick-fil-A? And they're like giving right. secrets of the trade. And I was so jealous because I wanted to make a cool TikTok telling you secrets about Starbucks. And I was like, but I don't work at Starbucks. And then I was like, wait, why don't I just do it about cruising? Nobody knows anything about that. Yeah. And that was my first video that it was so it was awful. Like it was. <laughs> I didn't know anything about videos. I was like a mess, but I was like, things you don't know about cruising. And I just like random stuff that I was just thinking of. And that one launched and got like a thousand likes or something like that. And that was like at my point, like my most like watched video. And I was like, whoa, because like yeah. a thousand was a lot of likes. Yeah. And then I was like, well, I'm going to do that again because people liked the first one. And that second one I did went viral. Um, it had one point I think it's at like 1.9 million views right now so like it like blew my mind it got like I don't know like maybe I guess you'd have to look at it maybe like 60,000 likes or something right now um and I remember the day where I started getting comments because like I'm not very I'm not the most feminine girl in the world I'm not good at my makeup and I started getting comments from like complete strangers on the internet about how bad my eye makeup looked and I was so I was ecstatic. I was like, guys, I'm so big. I have haters. Like, I, was, I was so excited. I was like, yes. Like, this is when you know you've made it, you know, if you have haters on the internet. Yeah, when people, random people, they'll start commenting all this hate and just trying to troll you when you're just, right. you know, trying to create videos just to be funny. Yeah, I literally had one guy that was like, you look like you've been punched in both eyes. Gee. <laughs> and I was like, what am I supposed <laughs> to say back to that? <laughs> oh, that is hilarious. Yeah. Um, so, you know, TikTok obviously has blown up for you now and you know, are able to create a lot, of, which is cool. I mean, that's one of the things I love about TikTok is how easily, you know, videos can just blow up and expand. And it's yeah, just, because it's I mean, exactly what you're videos. doing. Right. You know, exactly like what you're doing. You create a couple of videos about cruise, working on a cruise line, just cruises in general. And boom, it just blows up. And then you start having all these people that start following you and start liking all your content. 
um, yeah. you know, because they're interested in that. And yeah, and that's different than most social media. It's, it's just not a normal media. life. So I right. guess people just started following just out of curiosity. Yeah. So but, beyond TikTok, sorry, go ahead, Caitlin. No, I was just saying, but um, TikTok has really helped me in like mm-hmm. all my social media realms because I've been trying to like be a travel blogger since, I don't know, like before college, I always wanted to write about traveling and adventures and packing tips and what to do on a budget. And I've had this blog for years and it never got really anybody's views other than, you know, like friends, family, that's it. And TikTok, it has helped everything immensely. I've gained like hundreds <laughs> of followers on these other platforms Yeah, that they literally, and that's why people shouldn't, if you really are like a small business owner at all, or you just want to like get more followers because it's fun to have more followers, like people right. shouldn't underestimate TikTok right now. It, Exactly. I mean, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, so that was actually kind of where I was going to go with this then as far as your other content. Cause yeah, you have, um, you know, you, I've seen you have a blog, you have a TikTok. you know, you recently have started your YouTube, uh, series <laughs> on blogs. So I guess initially you kind of answered that question that you started it just to, you know, for fun mm-hmm. uh, or just, you know, like why did you initially start that or why was that something to be the travel blogger? What, kind of set your heart on that in the first place? Well, actually, the very first time I wrote a post about travel was when I was in Nepal. Um, we were, part of our responsibilities was kind of documenting some things that were going on. And then I also, like, it's just such a weird, like, Nepal is such a culture shock to, like, the Western Hemisphere culture. So I wanted to kind of write for friends and family back home that had helped me get there. Um so that's kind of how that started. And just in general, I've always enjoyed, I mean, a journal every single day. I, I like writing. It's a release for me. Um, so that started with just my website. And then I built it just to create something that was mine. Like, And it was really just my little piece of the internet. And anyone could look at it, but it was my little piece of the internet. It was mostly for friends and family. But right. I really, really got to a point where I was, I mean, I was paying out so much money. Every single month I was paying out for different things to try to keep this blog up and running. I paid for my URL, play, paid for like my hosting site. Um, little things that you don't think about that come with owning like a website. Right. And that was, I think, the first big turning point for me when I was like, I'm putting all this work and effort into it. And I almost took my blog down because I was like, there, there's no point. Nobody is reading it anyways. So why am I paying out money and using all this time and effort? So I guess, I don't know. So that, that was maybe switched, like, So that switched like once you kind of blown up on TikTok recently or when did that kind of transition that like, you know, you felt like you were kind of wasting your time and your money and then you're like, okay, now it's worth I think it. was probably after my first contract on the ship okay. because another reason I was wasting money is because we don't get free Wi-Fi on board. So then I was paying extra just to try to do all of this. And it's just, it was just a lot. I mean, working on the ship in itself is a lot. And I kind of, yeah, I wouldn't say I'd given up completely, but I definitely like, I think my last blog post was like, like I don't know, the last like six months. Like, it, like it's been a, quite a while since I'd written. And it's, yeah, as soon as TikTok exploded, I was like, ooh, maybe I can still do this. <laughs> and so it was really nice because it was kind of a re-motivational thing to like keep working on it. Yeah, that is awesome. That is cool to see, like, and really kind of your whole story. It's cool to see how different things are coming together. Um, You know, and I guess, I mean, both of us being, um, you know, believers and being Christians that, 
obviously we can see it as, you know, God working in your life, you know, with you talking about the trip to Nepal and how it just, everything fell into place to stay there for months. And then you talk about your, you know, trip to what the heck, let's just sign up for a cruise with family and senior year. And then that ends up, you know, becoming into uh, your occupation um, and what you end up doing. And then now it's the blog and you write this blog and it's something that you enjoy, but after so long, you just kind of feel burnt out to a degree and you feel like you're, um, just standing still and then to have kind of TikTok just out of nowhere, not even planned in the slightest blow up. And then it's now kind of been able to use to energize and feed all these other passions that you have. It's cool. Um, again, from, it's cool to see the Lord work in your life in so many different aspects, you know, things that oh, if you so cool. aren't a believer, you'd say, Oh, that was just a coincidence. But like, I can't look at your story and say, well, this is just a, you have so many coincidences just happening. I've had quite a few coincidences. <laughs> right. Right. So it is awesome to see just every step of the way, how, um, yeah, just how he's been with you. And it's just, this is a crazy story, Caitlin. Yeah. And hopefully things will keep falling into place. And I always said, I never knew what I was going to do with my life. I still don't know what I'm going to do with my life. But things just kind of have been working out. And I can't stay on the ships forever. I will not stay on the ships forever. It's just too hard on, like, a person and to always be away, you know? But I'm excited for that next step when it happens. And that's definitely something that's changed about the way I look at life. Like, I think in high school, I was, like, just so stressed all the time about, like, I have to know what I'm going to do. I have to know what job I'm going to go into. I have to know all these things. And then the older I get, the more I realize, I mean what can we do about it? If we, if we don't know it, there's nothing we can do. It, something will happen or a global pandemic will happen and we'll be stuck at home anyways. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, so I guess from here then, I mean, I guess you kind of just said that you didn't know, but like, what are kind of your ideas for, you know, where you want to go to the next step in life? Um, there's definitely, I have different career aspirations. Um, I always thought that it would be like crazy. Like nobody actually just is full-time blogger, you know? And that's something that's like definitely came with our generation. I feel like where people just started they doing that, working from Instagram and social media and yep. uh, creative content. And even like, I don't even know, five years ago, that would have been a crazy thought that that could be a potential full-time thing. But I mean, I'm definitely putting in the hours for it to be full-time work. So there's always the hope that maybe that will work out. I'm just going to keep working on that. And then maybe after I'm done with the ships, I'll put even more time into it and see what happens. But as far as my ship life, I love my job. I'm not stopping soon. Um, I love what I do and I want to grow up in the company. And I guess the end goal would be to be a cruise director someday. Wow, that is cool. And, and yeah, and you're right that that's the awesome thing with our generation is with social media, with, you know, the online presence that, that, you know, yeah, 20 years ago would have been like a professional blogger. Like there's no way, like, what does that even mean? You know, you have to become famous and then do something like that. For people to follow you, but right. in today's day and age, like it is very possible. Again, it's definitely not easy work by any means as uh, you know, you know, and you said you're putting in the hours to be a professional um, blogger, but just that, you know, you, once you build kind of a base and you build the followers and get people, especially you can, you get people to follow you on different platforms and, you know, can somehow get to the point where you can monetize that. It is definitely a very feasible goal. Yeah. But even if it doesn't work out, I'm very content right now. I'm very like, if that happens, that's cool. If that doesn't happen, it's cool. I'll figure out the next step. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. Not that you need to force that option by any means. But right, right, right. Just the fact that that is a possibility that is awesome. <laughs> it is crazy. Know? So the last question I'm going to ask you, Caitlin. So this is kind of how we end every single show. Um, you know, again, talking about dreams, talking about goals on the show. So with your case, you know, again, not necessarily this could be professionally within your career. It could be personally and what you want to do, um, you know, personal dreams you may have. My question to you is what are you doing today to reach your dreams of tomorrow? That's a good question. I think <laughs> the biggest thing I'm really doing today is just not giving up. I, even when I don't know how to direct everything, I, I keep going back to the ship. I've had so many ups and downs with ship life, but I just keep going back and every single contract gets better. And again, like I said, with the blogging, I, I almost gave up. But today I spent time working on my Instagram and tomorrow I'll spend time filming. And like, I have a plan for everything to try to make like this quarantine time as productive as ever. Um, so it sounds silly because they're all like little things, but all the little things I'm thinking will add up to create something great, hopefully. So I guess that's the biggest thing. It's just not giving up, not hanging my head low, not getting frustrated that my path is nothing like my friend's path, um, especially at our day and age when, like you said, everyone's a homeowner and getting married and buying dogs. Like um, <laughs> realizing that I have a different path and becoming comfortable with that, I guess. That is awesome. Different path and being comfortable with it. That is true. Well, thank you, Caitlin. Thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate you spending your time. Uh, this has been an awesome episode. I've learned a lot, you know, as mentioned in the beginning, we went to basketball camp in high school, you know, kind of, and again, and that's kind of the beauty of social media, even for me and you, like just a one-on-one -on -one, uh, relationship. Like we went to a basketball camp. I've literally only spent two weeks with you in my entire life. Yeah. And, you know, two different summers, two weeks, and here it is however many years later and we're still be through social media and through, you know, the internet, we're able to still stay in touch and kind of see what each other are doing um, and how yeah. we are living our lives. So um, social media is everything to me, especially the people I meet on board. They're from all over the world. And hmm. it's so crazy that we're in this cool day and age where I can actually talk to my friends from South Africa or from Asia or from Europe or wherever they're from. So yeah, you can talk to them just as easily. You can talk to, you know, your parents or people that live right, right. next to you, which is just awesome. in the middle of the night. That's all. That's the only difference. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, again, thanks for your time, Caitlin. Thanks for coming on and hope you have a great week. Yeah, thank you so much. It was so nice chatting with you.